It's been four years since Brexit happened and only 20 years until it's over. I'm Harriet Langley-Swindon and this is Non-Censored. And welcome to Non-Censored, the podcast that wraps up all the best bits from my very real daily radio show into one easy-to-digest highlights package. I'm joined, as ever, by my producer, Martin. And what a show we have for you this week, eh, Martin? Oh, yes, indeed. We've got Northern Ireland Secretary Chris Heaton-Harris on the new power-sharing deal. We've got Siobhan Connery from the Daily Telegraph on the new Brexit checks. And we heard from Ishan Akbar about libel law. Uh, but the first thing to say is thank you to our new Patreons, Ian Fraser, Duncan Collins, Jonathan Rosenberg, Derek Jan Doyleband, David Harford and Tony, all of whom signed up to support us directly and make it possible to pay our guests at patreon.com forward slash nonsensored. They get exclusive bonus content. This week, it's a Time for Questions Q&A show in video and audio, as well as ad-free episodes, longer video clips, and, well, anything that we can think of, really. Uh, that's patreon.com forward slash nonsensored. As ever, there were so many things in the radio show this week we couldn't include. For example, we had a really good exclusive about Nicholas Sturgeon's WhatsApps, but the audio seems to have been deleted. I don't know how. And we also did a piece on Mark Zuckerberg's apology to Congress for the harm caused by social media. And although that's not in this podcast, you can find it on our Twitter account under the title US Deep State Operatives Destroy Jewish Billionaire. I chose that headline myself. But we'll start with Northern Ireland, which is apparently still part of Britain. This week, Northern Ireland Minister Chris Heaton-Harris announced a new power-sharing deal in the um, country? County? Borough? Oh, it's something anyway. And he joined us to explain it. Let's take a listen. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Harriet. It's a it's great to be here. Well, it's a very important week for you, isn't it? Uh, y- yes, it's very important. I've been doing a lot of a lot of talking and thinking about Northern Ireland, being the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, I suppose. Yes, but I guess now you can stop doing that. That is the aim with mm. this deal. So power sharing is back, which means fundamentally we don't need to think about it anymore, which is a real weight off the shoulders. That is so good. That is so good. Because... I mean, before I remember there was stuff about, oh, you can't have a border in the sea. Doesn't matter yes. now, does it? No, no, it doesn't matter. So I think that's great. So what else would you like to talk about? How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm really good. Um, I, I mean, it's um, a great week for me. Yesterday well, I had a Brexit party. Oh. Yes, we have weekly parties round at uh, the the Langley Swindon house. Listen, I, I, I'm sorry, Chris, I do have to jump in here because although, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, positive talk around this new power sharing deal that you, you've managed to broker. Yes, it's thank you very much. It's not quite finished, is yes. it? It's, I mean, there's still, you know, elements of it that, that have not been sorted out. I mean, you know, is ignoring a problem um, really a solution? Yes, uh, we're not really ignoring a problem. I think these days mental health has got a lot, a lot worse, and that's because we talk about it and think mm. about it so much. 
And I, I think I speak for everyone in the UK when it comes to Northern Ireland. I don't really want to talk or think about it anymore. And that's why we've made this deal. No, and we don't need to. We don't need no, we to talk don't need about to. it anymore. It's all done with now. Yes, exactly. And if you want to think about anything to do with Ireland, it, Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott are doing a lot of things at the moment. Yes. And that's nicer to think about. Yes, well, and also, I mean, look, I don't want to speak ill of the Irish people. They have a great sense of fun, but... They also, they can get a little sort of angry, can't they? And I well, think at yeah, the but- moment they're not. And let's let's leave them while, while they're happy and dancing around, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, these negotiations, they took about five hours, this meeting of, of the DUP and, and Sinn yes. Féin. And I think a part of that is just them trying to understand each other's angry accents. And they have yes. got... They've got what they wanted, and now we have what we want, which is to not have to think about any of the history or indeed the future. Yes, which which I think really should be the basis for all history in this country, actually. You know, right. as Kimmy Badenoch says, that the, the rewriting of history, which to me sort of says... Uh, rewriting is it's sort of the same as kind of thinking too hard about things, isn't it? Yeah, if you're re- you have to think to write, mm. uh, and if you're rewriting something, that's thinking about it. It's, now, Chris, so true. I, exactly. I know that you're keen to not think about this, but uh, I, I think it is important that we discuss certain elements that led us to this position. Brexit being a big part of it. I mean, before Brexit, we didn't have the need uh. for a border, be it a hard land border or one in the Irish Sea, and now. You know, this whole situation is largely because of that. I mean, (laughs) do you not think that maybe uh, we wouldn't be in this position if it weren't for the the actions taken those years ago? Well, I mean, if you look back at anything, you can say that that led to this thing. And I, I think we are where we are now. And we don't need to think about where we were then because we thought of a lot about where we were then when we were there then. Sorry. That so was, That was some thinking done and that finished. So, so are you just saying That's that... Such, you know what? History is just things that happened before other things and therefore don't worry about what happened in the past. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is why we shouldn't take down any statues or anything like that because they're already there. Yes. Chris, this sounds a lot like one of the speeches that was given at my Brexit party yesterday. It's almost oh, like you were lovely. there. Oh, lovely. Were there any canapes or anything anything like that? Yes, lots of canapes. Oh, we had little lemon meringues, but oh, the lemon meringues, okay. instead of yellow, they were blue. Right. Oh, that Listen, is nice, isn't Chris, it? Yes. I appreciate the conciliatory what tone you that you have. You know, you've you brought together, yes. you know, two two factions yes. that have been historically difficult yeah. to even get Thank in the you. same room at yeah. the same time. Um, but I mean, yeah. how long do you think yes. it's going to last? That's my question. Because with with it, the trouble that Brexit has ages. brought to the door, um, I mean, do you not you think can't that, say that, trouble. that there's further can't say that. action that's required? Um, you know, in See, your this position. is the thing you've stumbled onto by by thinking about this. You've accidentally said a word that is incredibly loaded, and I oh, think okay. when people hear things like like Stormont, they think, "Is that from Game of Thrones?" Mm. And isn't it nicer just to think about Northern Ireland as a place to visit where they filmed some of Game of Thrones? And now we we can. And uh, if you want to take a sandwich with you, you can. 
It's all and nice I, I think and fixed. Well, Inadvertently, producer Martin has put upon a key point there by saying that loaded word just shows why we don't need to talk about Ireland anymore because it gets us all into trouble. It, it does. You can get into a lot of trouble. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. OK. Well, I and think when I said trouble, it wasn't such a problem. But now you've said trouble quite a few times. It feels like we're fixating on the point. So maybe if we just forget about that word trouble... And then we oh we, I, so we if we stop thinking about it, troubles. this is we don't want to think about that word or indeed any words related to this anymore. To be honest, do you see this as a success of Brexit? <sighs> I mean, this involves me having to talk about it. I suppose. I, I mean, uh, yeah, we we saw yes. I, I suppose so. I mean, you could argue that it only happened because of Brexit, but I think that's, that that's fundamentally quite true. A, a a narrow way of looking at things. Yeah, well, we had, you know, the Windsor framework. Uh, we had to do a lot of thinking about Northern Ireland there. Yes. Um, and, and, we, and we fixed that. And then people said, I know we want to do more. And so we sorry, had to what? do more. Chris, sorry, could you just come again with that? That's what did one people flight. say? I didn't know you could speak Irish. Yeah, it's a lovely language, isn't it? Say something else. Say, um, I'd like three bananas, please. I like very bananas, boys. Oh, wow. Right, God, Chris. Where did you learn that, Chris? Well, does... you pick up one or two things when you're going back and forth, banging on about the same thing all the time. That's Is Northern Ireland the Ireland. same as the Republic of Ireland? Is it called Southern Ireland? Is Southern Ireland part of the UK? Is it Londonderry or is it Derry? Just let me stay in London, please. Um, Chris, just a follow-up question. Do you think that maybe your appearance on this show is going to go some way to undermine the work that you've done now that you've talked about not wanting to think about Northern Ireland and done a fairly offensive impression of their people? I've done an impression through love and understanding. I think the real question is, do you believe that getting me on to talk about Northern Ireland is going to make people click on the episode? Because I don't think that's the case. Because as soon as you say a border in the Irish Sea, the only thing you think is, how would they do that? The waves would knock the border all over the shop. So people get confused. It's a confusing thing. We don't know what the Good Friday Agreement is. We just think it's about having a nice day before the weekend. We don't yes. understand it, so let's stop talking about it. Tell you what, Harriet, uh, mm. if you had one of your Brexit parties on a Friday, we could call that a good Friday, couldn't we? Well, uh, very, very good. Well, I mean, uh, Producer Martin sort of made it sound like I have them every week. I didn't. I don't have them every week, Producer Martin. I have parties every week. Oh. Brexit parties only twice a year. I just thought because of all of the bunting and racists that maybe it was uh, Brexit party but no i That's guess just how i, I decorate s- my house yeah it's fair enough the racists they make very nice window dressing chris thank you so much for for coming on and explaining to everyone why what's going on in northern ireland is stopped yeah they're all fine now they're all fine we're we all can- fine what a it's, historic moment! Thank you very much. It's, it's been delightful. I mean, this is why we kept the uh, the details of the of the plan and everything secret for for a day or so because we just knew people would wouldn't care, and yeah. uh, I don't think they will anymore. So that's that's great. And I would like to take this opportunity to say, if anyone else wants to invite me onto a podcast to talk about this, I'd rather not. Oh, lovely! How wonderful! Well, thank you very much, Chris. Hopefully, you. have you on again or not.
Now let's move from Ireland to Kent as customs checks come into force. So both our first two items this week are about Brexit, eh? What? Well, you know, the Brexit checks in Kent and the new power-sharing deal instalment are inextricably linked. You can't understand one without having... No, Martin, no. Brexit was won and we don't need to argue about it anymore unless you threaten to take it away from us, the people. Anyway, we had Siobhan Connery from the Daily Telegraph on to explain how it's all fine. Let's take a listen. Siobhan, how lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you again, Harriet, and so soon as well. Thank you so much for having me at your uh, Brexit party. Oh, it was it was absolutely wonderful. And can I just say you looked absolutely divine by the window. Thank you very much. I try my best. Now, it's good to have you on because we are still in celebratory mood about Brexit because it's been in the news quite a bit this week. There are new checks coming in. And my understanding is this is a good thing. Am I right here? Have I got have I got it right? This is probably the best thing that we have managed. This is the one tangible Brexit benefit that will, uh, which will appeal to everybody. This is the one thing that even those Ramonas cannot complain about. Yes. Well, yes. Uh, you you say that, um, but uh, you know, I, I think there are some people that might be a little bit upset by it. I mean, this talk of additional friction. Um, it's not just some sort of concept, is it? it it's really going to slow down and, and make lives harder uh, for small businesses and, of course, for the British consumer as well. I think everybody likes a little bit of extra friction. Um, I, I think that that's, so to speak, apologies. Um, uh, but, yeah, I don't think that that's going to be causing any real problems. I mean, I, I, I saw a fantastic article in The Economist this week that says the main problem is that all of our wages are going up too fast. So hopefully this mm. will this will help to, to balance that out somewhat. This is this is the perfect thing that we could have done to help start to bring down inflation. Siobhan, I must say, what I'm slightly worried about is Jacob Rees-Mogg, who I'm a great admirer of. He's been opposing these checks. He's been saying they shouldn't be brought in and we don't need that regulation. And I'm sort of inclined to agree with him. Isn't it making things a bit slower? Uh, is this sort of delaying the Brexit we want and, and will love? I think what you have to recognise is that there are some bad regulations of the sort that um, those on the woke left uh, want. Mm. Uh, and then there are good regulations which enable all of us to be freer. For example, uh, single-sex hospital wards. That's that's an example of a good regulation that we need to go and bring in. And yes. these are also a good example of this because, um, I mean, the EU has been punishing us ever since we decided to Brexit by uh, forcing our food to be checked as it goes into their countries. Wow, yeah. um, so petty. So petty. So it's about time they got taste of their own medicine. And so that's precisely what we're doing. And also because we cannot trust them to help keep Fortress Britain a fortress. Um, I mean, a, a large enough pepper could probably hide a couple of migrants in it. I'm fairly sure. Yes, this is this is so true. This is the kind of thing. Let's prioritise what we need to check. And I think large mangoes as well. I mean, I don't trust and those anyway. I never have done. No, no. OK. And coconuts. I mean, I think rather than just naming different vegetables and fruits, I, I think it's worth sort of establishing. Well, I'm just the not fact naming them, Martin. Coconuts, famously, there's like a hole in the middle. They're you can large. hide in there. Well, I've never trusted this. any fruit that has too much flavour. Mm, yes. Okay. Yes, it's well, so true. 
So I true. mean, there's also going to be probably some quite uh, subtly balanced apples coming in, and they'll be checked as well now. You know, there'll be, um, you know, in, in the fresh veg region, a parsnip, not an overpowering flavour, but will be held up at the border coming in. Um, everything from the humble parsnip. What are you also- talking about? Parsnips are British, Martin. They don't come from abroad. Well, they don't need to be checked. They're grown in the EU as well. And we do import a lot. Anyone who buys from Lidl or Aldi or other supermarkets All will right, see Can that. I just say this raises a very interesting point because you've got people complaining about, uh, you know, you, you had someone the other day, a florist, complaining about the fact that it was going to be harder for her to get flowers from Holland. Yep. I have flowers growing in my backyard. She can just use them. These people need to use their imaginations. We can also fly in a lot of these things from outside of the EU. We don't really need to be going and bringing them over the border from exactly. uh, across the south coast. We can you fly them in. flowers from Australia. Which has the huge benefit of going and creating more carbon dioxide, which will heat the atmosphere up, enabling us to grow more of these things at home. That is, if you believe certain science, which the science is still out, but, you know. Well, I mean, it's not, I think there's quite a consensus about the the climate science. Um, I, I don't think there is, not where I work. Not where I work. Well, I've not yeah, heard anything like that. You, I mean, this that is a very outlier opinion that the climate science is settled, I think. I mean, I, mean, I, I talk I to people every day. Yeah. It's a matter it, of opinion, really, yeah. Martin. It is. Well, you can prove anything no, with science. That's the hope. It, it seems I, to be a struggle when I'm in these kinds of conversations. But, um, you know, the, the point is that uh, we're going to be in uh, a country that has allegedly taken control, but actually we're subjected to a much slower and more difficult process. Um, and if things do get hot here, well, I don't know. I mean, are, are we going to be able to continue to export our, our newly found um, bounty of uh, oranges, Sheffield oranges? Is that we're going to be able to sell those? I, I think Spain might need some by that point. Yeah, and I'm going to go to Siobhan's point about climate change. At my party last night, you talked to that doctor friend of mine, Dr. Bernard. He was he was the one who wasn't oh. wearing any underpants. Yes. And he says that climate change, we think it's getting hotter, but that's just because the Wokies have made us think that. Actually, it's exactly the same. Yes, he did point me towards some fantastic YouTube videos, which explain all of this incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff that I hadn't seen before. And it's vitally important that this sort of thing does make its way into, into the papers. I do know that there are some over at The Spectator which already have this information, and uh, I look forward to reading their praises. Well, listen, it's wonderful that you talk about The Spectator, because I thought it was interesting, is you see, Sky News have got a headline which was why meat, fish, cheese and dairy products will cost more from today. But the Spectator have reported that that's a myth and it's not going to cost any more at all. And I know who I believe, Siobhan. I know who I believe. Of course. I mean, what incentive does a Spectator have to lie about this? Mm. Whereas the Sky News, obviously, ever since Rupert Murdoch was unfortunately forced to sell off his shares in it, they've been hamstrung. Yes. By the same rules as the BBC which forces them to be increasingly left-wing in the name of balance, which is ridiculous. Of course, anything that's being hamstrung now would be subject to additional checks coming into the UK. Um, Something that hamstrung products for the last two years have managed to avoid. 
Well, we can get our ham elsewhere, producer Martin. I, what about Australian ham? But and, and also, honestly, honestly, how many working class people do you know who are using a charcuterie board every evening? This isn't a problem for those who will be able to afford it. Yeah, that's very true. They just have those, um, you know, the, those little tins of, oh, lunchables. of uh, hot dogs and beans. Yes. Oh, no, I see. Yes, and a pepperami. Okay. That's the closest they've ever come to this sort of thing. A pepperami. That's that's fine. And that doesn't go off. And those are made in Wolverhampton. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. I think what's wonderful about Brexit and why it's such a good opportunity is it forces people to get a bit more creative and also to appreciate what we do in our country. And also, our farmers have been complaining for a very long time that they haven't been making enough money. Now, finally, they're going to be able to create enough fruit and veg to feed us all. And they will have so much work cut out for them. They won't know what to do with their spare time. Yeah, exactly. Well, Siobhan, I think... They can do more fruit and veg and more chickens. I think we can agree that a lot of people will will not know what to do with their time, Uh, but there will be more time on their hands uh, waiting for these checks to to clear. I do have just one more question for you, which is... um, you know, if we've managed to survive since, I mean, the, the EU have been doing these checks on our, our products going into their uh, market since 2021. Which is absolutely outrageous. Mm. Uh, we've only just had them kick in today. Well, I mean, why why the wait? And, and since it was working so well up to this point, why put it in at all? We were showing them goodwill and they were treating that with suspicion, which is ridiculous as, you know, we have always upheld the values of fairness and we've, yes. we've never tried to cheat them or anyone else out of what is rightfully theirs. And yet they go and put these checks up. And to be honest, I'm surprised that we've taken this long. I'm, I see it as decisive leadership. And I'm frankly, I'm glad that this current government has decided to do this. Well, what a great note to end on. Siobhan, thank you so much. Very informative, very reassuring and very patriotic. Thank you for having me, Harriet. We found out this week that words are meaningless these days. Suddenly, you're not allowed to call someone a paedophile, but you are allowed to call someone a racist. Well, I think the listeners will have guessed that we are about to talk about the Lawrence Fox libel trial. And our guest for this segment is Ishan Akbar, who is a comedian. And here's a fun thing I recently learned. The law of libel recognises that statements made in jest are not actionable. Why are you sweating, Martin? Because I think you're about to call someone a paedophile and or a racist. You know what I'd like to call you, Martin? A paedophile and or a racist? No, a Anyway, here's Ishan. Hello, Ishan. Happy February. Hello, Harriet. A happy February to you too. Pinch, punch, first day of the month and all that jazz. Oh, that's very funny. Thank you so much for coming in. Always great to have you and always great to hear your hot and spicy takeaway of the week. So, Ishan Akbar, what is your hot and spicy takeaway 
of this week? Well, look, it's been a very hot and spicy week because yes. um, a good a good friend of yours, a certain Mr. Lawrence yes. Fox, yes. has been in the headlines and he mm. seems to have lost the first part of his libel case brought to the court by... Uh, two people who claimed that he called them a paedophile and it hurt their feelings. And the court said, you know what? You shouldn't have done that, Mr. Fox. That's very bad of you. <clears throat> Mr. Fox's um, retort was, well, they called me a racist. You, you, you can't be calling me a racist. And then after the libel case a ruling was made, Lawrence Fox said, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm leaving Twitter, or X as it's currently known. And a few hours later, he came back. And he said, well, actually, I just want to say, just a quick thing. Sorry, I forgot to mention. I'm not a racist uh, because actually words are meaningless. And my yes. hot and spicy takeaway is this. Words are meaningless. Oh. Words, words mean- are meaningless. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Mm. Well, now, look, so, I do want I mean- to, to start with, before we go on this topic, I do want to put a full disclosure out there. I'm always honest with all of you and our listeners. Yes. And, you know, me and Lawrence, we know each other very well. We've yes. spent many a night together oh. not in a romantic way but you yeah. know just sort of hanging out in toilets yeah and Foxy. he has never yeah. in those toilets yeah. he's never been racist has he paid the attendant has he given money to the no spray no lay guy no one actually gives them money Shan. don't be silly i sometimes do give them money i feel quite awkward in those situations so i've started carrying change around with me um i don't know if that's relevant but uh I, I feel that it's certainly you indicated that I'm not racist. What do you go for? The, I, the chewing gum, the spray, the... Yeah, I'll usually do a round, a little, little round sweep of uh, whatever they've got going. Um, I do yes. like a Chubba Chubs, but, you know, equally if that's not there, I don't mind. I really just want to wash my hands and get out. Yes, yes, but it's very, Ishan, nice. very good of you. I think it is slightly troubling that you um, think that words are meaningless. Um, after all, I believe it was um, Ronan Keating who said, they're only words, words are all I have to take your yeah. heart away. Yeah, but he did also say, you say it best when you say nothing at all. And if oh, you, if oh you can, that's clever. If you it is can a conflicting message. say the best yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I should come back at you with some other kind of retort. With another Ronan... Um, well, maybe not Ronan, but you and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals. Let's do it mm-hmm. like they do on mm-hmm. the... That doesn't really apply here. I mean... Oh, that's, I think my what, that's what I played at my wedding. Uh, I It was, yes, certainly with the uh, choreographed dance routine, quite memorable, yes. Harriet. Yes, thank you. Best moment of my life. But the, the point is that I think yes. words do have an impact and you have to be careful with them. And and hopefully this is the message that will be sent out to people that think that their words don't have ramifications, especially when talking to people online. Do you think that this will okay. uh, influence people that are, you know, involved in these kind of very heated discussions on platforms like X and Facebook in future? Well, I'll answer this in two parts. The first part, I will attempt to prove to you that words are meaningless. For example, if I were to say to you now, producer Martin, shut the hell up. That's pretty clear what I'm saying. It's rude. Now, if I said the exact same thing in the following way, I don't know what that was. I think you'd know exactly what I was saying. Yeah, I think you'd know what I meant by that. It's. Are you saying that, it backwards? Actually, what tongue are you Do we have to play there? that? No. Are we meant to? Yeah, if you, if you play it backwards. Is that, is that Elvish? El, Elvish? Yes. Uh-huh. 
Um, <laughs> I uh, see what you did. That was very good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, yes. Always, always a funny little joke it's from you. Always a funny little joke. I, I, I think I cotton on to what you're saying here, which is that there's different ways you can express yourself without actually relying on, uh, you know, the Words. agreed upon understood language. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Right. If you if you ask the deaf community, if you ask the blind community, they are communicating without words. In different ways. Sure. Yeah. But that so doesn't mean one... that they're not. They're not important. Well, I, th- I I don't think they are important because, you know, you could have resolutions and they're there to be broken. What do people say? Rules are made to be broken, right? So words are there to be broken. We don't need to use them in the construct that they've been devised for us. At the moment, in 2024, we use words in the way that we do. They weren't used in exactly the same way in, say, Shakespeare's time. Forsooth yes. thee thou, wherefore art. Yes. Ye- ye no one says that anymore. Yoldi Chopper. Chaucer, actually, it was who said, "He who is woketh is deadeth." Oh, how I'm extraordinary! I don't remember that I'm, bit. Yes, I don't it, think that's in the Miller's close, Tale. Is it? it is. And so now, if we go mm. to t- modern twenty twenty four, you can call me racist. I can call you woke. We're just playing word tennis. Doesn't mean anything, does it? What does it mean? What does it mean to be woke? Well, I, well, I don't know about that, um, Ishan. We've got we've got to find a way of labelling people. Right. And if we don't call wokies for what they are, yeah. we could find that they're everywhere. And what are they? What are they? Well, you know, they're um they're sort of evil little goblins yes. who try and cancel everyone yes. and talk about their pronouns all the time. Yes, a bit like this mm. this these this drag act and this stonewall person taking yes. you know old what? Mr. Fox. Ishan that I do, you know, I, largely I, uh, disagree with the things that you say. However, there might actually be something in the idea of treating words as as meaningless, because then everyone would be quite accepting about <clears throat> the pronouns that people do want to be called by, um, and perhaps we'd be able to get on a little better what? without fixating on no produ- the things no that producer Martin. separate us. No, not you know, no like class, no and race. Religion, that you know w- w- what we appear as. Maybe there's a world. Words? Where- no, listen. Words only matter if you're making me feel uncomfortable about the thing that I already know to be true. If you are visibly a woman, don't expect me to call you a they. There's only one of you. Come on, let's not mess around with grammar here. Long-standing well, I would rules. Say right. As well, I mean, let's look at the words in the case because the thing with paedophile right yes is i would argue that the thing about calling someone a paedophile is actually prince andrew bless him has sort of made that word a lot more jolly and accessible now so he's owned it in a way hasn't he and also the thing i find troubling about the word paedophile is most files are quite positive a bibliophile a francophile you know Mm. we like those kind of files right but also, yes, if you had a game called Spin the Files, yes. paedophile might be the one you wouldn't want to land on. Maybe. I agree with you. Mm. But then in other contexts, pe- paediatrician, right? Podiatry. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. When, I think when what we're talking about here is just language, isn't it? I, what because does a paediatrician the... do again? Is that, it's a child is that sort of a gynaecologist? Doc- doc- no, no, child gynaecologist. Just a doctor. No, for... yeah, they, a doctor for children, a children doctor. Right. Yeah. Not, right. A, not well, a child I'm doctor. Not, 
Well, do you know what? I'm not, not taking my child. I don't have any, but if I did one, I wouldn't take one of them. One of one of them. To a pediatrician. Well, no, that's, no, I, I think don't it's think so. Important no, no, to no. flag up that it's just the way that words are made. You know, you've got exactly. In, in children it's all file. made up. Thank you, producer Love. Martin, for proving my point. Why can a pediatrician be fine, but a pedophile isn't? Explain. Well, well, I think both. I think both of them. We have to have our wits about us. To be honest we, with you, the words are kind of more important there. I would say because um, one is very good and one is very bad, and it, the only thing that um, that stops people from understanding uh, the difference is, uh, or that, that allows people to understand the difference rather, is is the word. So perhaps we should pay more attention to the words that we use. Be a bit more. Well, um, you know, better at listening, and then in this uh, instance, we can all grow I, together. I understand your point, but in this instance, what Lawrence Fox is saying is right. Why is it that we tell the word people of different races, race, that's the word, races, is good. Yes. We need more diversity. If you want more races, you need more racism, right? Because it's different races, there's more of them. More racism, mm. right? Well, what, do you know I what, think... Ishan? I don't understand what you're saying at all, but as a diversity correspondent, I think you obviously know a thing or two of what you're talking about. Yes, I, I'm the expert on this, and I think it, within mm. the diversity world, there's real division, actually, about whether or not racism itself is necessarily a negative thing, you know, because right. we want diversity, I, I, so... we want different races, yeah, and racism got... celebrates difference fundamentally I, I think i do see what you're saying ishan that you you know have one race which is not good we want lots of races uh, what's more than race racer um a, a racer yeah. is fun it's nice to watch a racer doing yeah. a race Very and then what's, yes, what's more what's zoom, zoom. more than a racer the they're racist quite, they're quite short though which race yeah which which race is short um 100 Meters. The little ones that are getting the cars. Um, oh. But uh, this this is where the, the, the confusion is clearly coming. Um, I wonder if perhaps some kind of basic linguistics course might be useful uh, for all, all of us, maybe, because I do wonder sometimes whether the words we're saying in this show have any worth Right, anymore. OK. Well, sadly, producer Martin, we've come to the end of our segment, so oh. we don't need oh. to think any more of what you've just said. I'd argue with the last 10 minutes. So thank you, Ishan. That was a wonderful hot and spicy takeaway. And I think we've all learned something today. Thank you so much. It's been an honour to come on here and uh, ask the world to, to have more racism. Yes, how nice. Oh, God. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll be back next week. So in the meantime, like, subscribe, tell your friends, follow the Out of Context, non-censored Blue Sky account and keep those questions coming to nonsensedpodcast at gmail.com and join us on patreon.com forward slash non-censored to get free episodes, longer videos, bonus podcasts and much, much more. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Will Seabag Montefiore, Bethany Black and Ed Morish. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon and we'll be back next week with more Non-Censored.